Hello, and welcome to Stand With Us TV Live. Thank you for joining us from wherever you are around the world. I'm Rena Nasser First, Executive Director of Campus Affairs here at Stand With Us, and I'm joining you live from New York, Brooklyn to be exact. Our segment today is part of our Campus Frontline series, where we break down and discuss campus issues with professionals and student leaders. Over the last few weeks, we've all seen social media platforms become infested with more anti-Semitic rhetoric than ever before. Today, I'm joined by three young activists who are standing up for Israel every single day on their social media platforms and in every other facet of their life. These young leaders are truly influencing and impacting the pro-Israel community around the world, especially college students who are facing the brunt of this hate both online and in person. Let's introduce you to our amazing panelists. First, we're going to start with Jess Green, the founder and CEO of Chalabat Girls, a platform dedicated to combating anti-Semitism and advocating for Israel. In May, 2020, Jess noticed a rise in anti-Semitism on social media and decided to build a team to combat widespread hate online. She utilizes a variety of methods and platforms, including infographics, Instagram Lives, and TikTok to engage over 16,000 followers. Please welcome Jess Green. Our next panelist, known as Westside Gravy, is a musician from San Diego, California. As a recent graduate of the George Washington University in Washington, DC, he majored in Judaic studies and hopes to take his passion for Jewish history and culture into the field of education. Westside Gravy is actually his pseudonym for his musical endeavors. As a rapper and producer, his art reflects important aspects of his life, from lighthearted songs about Southern California culture to conscious tracks about his identity and community. Please welcome Noah Shufatinsky. Our final panelist, Isabella Hazan is a current law student at the University of Ottawa. She has worked at the Israeli Consulate in Public Affairs and Diplomacy. And in addition to being awarded a Merit Scholarship and Dean's List this semester, she's the Associate Director of Honest Reporting in Quebec, where she works to ensure media accuracy and combat bias. She's also the founder of Humans for Humanity, a youth grassroots movement where through her work as a proud Zionist, she promotes decolonizing Jewish identity and inner community bridge building. Please welcome Isabella Hazan. Each of you must be so busy creating content for your online communities. So we so much appreciate you taking the time to join us today and tell us a bit about your work. Noah, we'd love to start with you. Hi, so for me, I think a big part of, of my activism and my story comes from the fact that you know, the love for Israel, the love for Eretz Israel and Am Israel, meaning the land of Israel and the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, um, was a key part of my Judaism growing up. Uh, I moved around a lot. I was raised mostly in San Diego, California, but I moved around throughout the United States uh, because my dad was in the U.S. Navy. And now I'm lucky enough to be living in Khadera, Israel. And for me, I think that my background being a black American and a Russian American Jew uh, definitely influences you know, my love for homelands, the idea that I come from people who have been you know, persecuted and prevented from connecting to their homeland institutionally throughout history. And the fact that nowadays we have a place that we can go, that we can be safe 
is something that I think is really important to cherish and also to honor those who sacrifice so we're able to benefit from. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Jess, how about you? What's your background? What's your family's background? And how does that inspire and influence your activism? Absolutely. So I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland, and I attended Jewish day school my entire life from preschool. I was in the mommy and me class in our synagogue. And then from kindergarten through eighth grade, I went to egalitarian school where it was a mix of everybody. And then after that, I actually attended a modern Orthodox high school, which my family is conservative. So it was really all new to me. But that's where I really was able to grow my Israel activism background in lower school and middle school. Of course, they had taught us that Israel is our homeland and to love Israel. But then in high school, they really gave us those tools on how to go out into the world and share our love for Israel. When I got to college at the University of Miami, I kind of faded out because I had all that Jewish and Israel my entire life. And I wanted to go find something new. But at the end of the day, I just I couldn't stay away. So my sophomore year, I spent a summer in Israel And at the end, I said, I can't just leave the summer not doing anything for a country that I love and a community that I care so much about. So I came back to my campus. I joined our Israel club on campus and I really just began my activism. And then when COVID hit and everything went online, so did my activism. And that's when my account, Hollaback Girls, was born. We're so lucky that you had that inspiration and have been sharing that with so many others online. And we'll we'll get to talk a bit about your work and and Noah's work. And of course, Isabella's work as we we go through this program. Isabella, how about you? Tell us about your background and how that inspires you to be an Israel activist. First of all, thank you for having me. Noah and Jess, I'm very inspired by both of your work. I follow you guys very closely. And uh, I'm a Jew from Judea, like all of us. And to me, um, speaking about Israel is not just activism, just being a Jew, being a proud Jew. And my family's diaspora experience was in Morocco. And we were always known wherever we were throughout the world. It's a universal Jewish experience that we are Jews, Jewish Moroccan. And this is an integral part of our identity. And uh, to me, our indigenous connection to the land is something that needs to be spoken about more. And that's where um, my passion for Israel comes from. I, I think it's very important for us as Jews to take back our narrative and to be the ones who are telling our story. And that's, I guess, uh, a little bit why I'm involved in this space. What's so amazing is that each of you represent such diverse Jewish communities. And that playing such a big role in your activism has to be inspiring for the thousands of people that are tuning in right now. For those of you that are watching, tell us where you're tuning in from. Tell us who you are and and why you're connected to this and why you are committed to Israel activism. If you have any questions, write them in the comments section and we'll try to get to as many as possible. As we know at Stand With Us, one of the places that the battle is fiercest when it comes to Israel and anti-Semitism is on social media. Isabella, I'd love to know, why is being active on the digital frontier so important to you when it comes to Israel and the fight against anti-Semitism? Because the fight um, against anti-Semitism is intrinsically linked to Israel. And I believe that, I believe strongly that as much as there's a war waged against the state of Israel, there's an ideological war waged against the Jewish people and it manifests itself through some 
sort of warped um, social activism and it couldn't be further from the truth. So as Jews, it is so important for us to reclaim our story and as Zionists to say to be saying what is a Zionist, the belief that Jews have the right to self-determine in our ancestral and indigenous homeland. It's important for Jews to define and for Zionists to define what Zionism is. And I think a really big part of this problem is that there are people who are speaking over Jewish voices. And um, this is why it's so important for Jews now to be vocal online. And I strongly believe that the only way to combat anti-Semitism is to be proud Jews. And we've seen it in history. And we've, and we've seen that when we are proud and when we are united, um, we are strong. And our strength is truly in our unity. And I'm really inspired by so many people who started to speak up. And I know that we've been inundated with hate, hate via misinformation. But uh, shows like this and activists like Jess and Noah really give me hope. So that's uh, my two cents on it. And activists like you are, are part of that circle also in empowering communities to have that Jewish pride and that Zionist pride. It's so important. It really is. It really is. Jess, with Chala Backgirls, this incredible platform that you built that educates people in so many different ways. What's your approach to online activism? How do you engage with students and other followers through this medium, through this platform that you have, that you've built? So the Call of Back Girls is a group of six of us, and we all work together to really first fight anti-Semitism daily. But our second message is making sure that the community never feels alone. Oftentimes, we're really outnumbered when it comes to certain topics and issues, and a lot of our followers feel like they're fighting an issue and they're the only ones doing it. So our number one rule that we've had from day one is that we answer every single direct message that we have that is looking for help or looking for answers. We may not get to every single one as fast as we used to be able to, but we really think it's important to have those conversations and make sure people feel that their voices are being heard. I've gotten messages from middle schoolers who have faced a bully or college students who are facing an apartheid while on campus. And it's really sad that anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiment exists everywhere, but when we're together and we know that we're not alone and we have each other's backs, then we're able to come together and just push out our narrative and push out our message. So we just really don't feel alone. That's amazing. Speaking of messages that really, and messaging that really speaks to people and gets through to people, Noah, your music career, your music and your lyrics carry this important message that Isabella and Jess were talking about. What do you hope your audiences will learn and gain from your music? So I think that the first thing that's important is to use my music as a platform to actually educate people um, about whether it's topics related to Jewish history, culture, and also my own personal experience um, and the experience of my family being a black Russian Jew. Part of the diaspora, we ain't gon' play the victim. They get mad every time we're standing up. I'm proud of my people, what we accomplished. You're crazy if you think some rocket barrages will stop us. I think that on top of that, something special about music and specifically hip hop is it it humanizes, you know, the person who's actually creating the music. It humanizes the creator. Hip hop has had a history um, of breaking down, you know, people, all people across the globe like certain things. They like 
hanging out with their friends. They like talking about issues that are social or political and sharing them with the world and expressing that. Uh, and they also like sharing their culture. And you get to see like hip hop creates uh, a window into different creators' world. So you can listen to music and be in, in an album of someone from Compton and the Bronx and London and Israel uh, and Ghana. And you can kind of hear what are those, like how does someone have fun with their friends? How, what are social and political issues that are important to those people um, throughout the world? And you can hear that through an album. So for me, I'm trying to tell my story and I think it does a, a big part uh, to humanize the Jewish story to put behind it. So a lot of my music is conscious um, and, and political and, and cultural. Uh, and I think that gives people sort of a window into the Jewish cultural experience. And a lot of it is also just fun and enjoyable music to listen to, because at the end of the day, you know, we're also humans. Jewish people are humans. We're always put in this position where we feel like we have to always fight back against something. But it's also important for people to see and get that representation that we are holistic human beings in the world who have our opinions the same way as everyone else does and have our own culture that we want to share the same way as everyone else does. We've seen a lot of young people, of course, including yourself, engage in conversations about Israel online. If anything, it's probably been the easiest that it's ever been, but it's also come with some challenges. Isabella, how has digital discourse around Israel and the conflict shifted within the last few weeks since the most recent escalation? And what do you understand to be that biggest challenge and how do you hope to address that challenge? So for me, I feel like the challenge is that it's way more mainstream now and it's way more obvious and it's impossible to ignore at this point. I have so many Jewish students and really young ones who message me saying, what do I do? I feel like deleting my Instagram. I don't want to go on Instagram anymore. Um, but the best way is to speak up and to combat this hate via misinformation, to bring out you know, true information. Because as long as we don't combat these narratives head on, um, it won't fix the problem. And it, it, the cycle will continue. There will be another escalation between Gaza and Israel. And in order to avoid that in the future, we need to take back our narrative. And for me, this became way more personal. Um, I've had uh, people in security tell me to stop posting. Uh, recently, there was a protest here in Montreal, and uh, well, really a gathering, but there was a counter-protest, a counter-Palestinian protest that came and attacked the Jewish gathering. And my face was circulated, and someone was arrested. He was sharing pictures of me and actually came to the Jewish community to act on his threats. My number was leaked. So to me, um, it became extremely personal. And I realized that the hate that we see online, well, the people who are online, they exist in real life. And this one-sided rhetoric and one-sided allyship is what leads to um, the demonization of the Jewish people, not just Israel. And it will manifest itself violence. So um, to answer your question, how, how I see it, it, to me, it became way more real that this hate has consequences and we, and we see it. The people, you know, like Mia Khalifa who posts or Bella Hadid, maybe they're not violent, but those who commit violent acts believe what they believe and they use it to justify it. So anti-Semitism has always been on trend. And, you know, it was once rooted in, in science, you know, Semites, the, the Will M. Moore who coined this term and created a whole movement. Now it's anti-Zionism. Two movements that are not created by Jews, really counter movement to the Jewish people and our aspirations. So we must combat this and uh, we must combat it because it's real. And we need to create safer spaces for Jews in the diaspora. So that's how I see it. Thank you for sharing, especially some of the 
consequences that you've faced for your activism. Noah, have you faced similar consequences? Have you have you had any sort of negative reaction to your activism? And if so, what's that been like? Yeah, I absolutely have. Um, especially after I, I post songs like Diaspora, Yahoo, or even Khalas that I've released in the past uh, few, over the course of the past few years. Um, a lot of it is, is online. Um, things like death threats, a lot of people commenting anti-Semitic tropes, slurs, uh, racist slurs and raci- racist tropes. Um, against trying to attack me for my identity, being black and being Jewish. I think that I've also experienced it in person on campus. I've had people sort of follow me around. And I guess like their intention was to try and intimidate me. But a lot of times it was kind of, you know, there are ridiculous situations. I'd have people passive aggressively be like, hey, I listened to your song. And honestly, my reaction is thank you because you helped, you know, help the algorithm, help the metrics go up and more people are going to hear it and hear the message. Uh, But I do think that, all in all, like that is a crazy thing that a lot of people my age are experiencing because uh, these are, like Isabella said, real people who are sitting behind a computer spreading hate. And even if the individual who you know, posts a comment is not really going to come to my hometown to shoot up my concert, as people have said, there, it normalizes that idea that violence, uh, threats against Jewish people uh, is acceptable and it makes it commonplace and it makes it something that even for us, like for me, I, I read these things at this point and I'm like, ah, oh, it's another one. It's kind of expected, but it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be a normal thing. Like for me, I, like it may seem expected, but it normalizes it for people who haven't necessarily been in this sphere for a long time um, and shouldn't have to always put up with feeling like they need to justify their humanity. Just through your platform, you are supporting students and interacting with students who are dealing with all kinds of hate and anti-Semitism. How do you stay motivated yourself and how do you keep them motivated to keep doing what they're doing? Absolutely. So we actually learned our biggest lesson back when there was controversy surrounding the vaccination distribution. And I had posted an infographic about debunking all the horrible claims that we had been seeing. And that was the first time that I really experienced personal threats to the fullest where people were taking my face and taking my name and just really putting them out there and really slandering me. And it was really hurtful at the time. And I was spending all my time trying to answer all these messages that were so horrible. I can't even repeat them. And I was like, well, like that's not true. Or they were just making horrible claims that I was trying to combat them. And that's when I realized that those people were really a waste of my time and they were really crawling under my skin. And it had bit me when I had a conversation with someone and I was explaining fact, 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 and they had doctored the entire conversation to make it look like I was saying one thing to one thing and one thing to the other. And it was just horrible. And people were coming in and saying, you don't have factual sources. You don't know what you're talking about. And I just went back and I said, look, they doctored the conversation. But by then, his million followers beat out my couple thousand. And it just it wasn't worth my time in the end. And I had learned my lesson then that when we had the recent escalations and I made another similar post debunking all the horrible claims we were seeing then, I learned which conversations to engage and which ones to ignore. And right before it happened, we actually had to take a step that I know Noah and Isabella can't do, but we did remove our profiles from our page just to protect our safety because we were getting some serious threats and I wanted to protect not only myself, but my team from any horrible thing that could happen. So that's something that we were fortunate and able to do. And I 
it was a last resort, but we were able to have all those conversations that we needed to and get rid of the ones we weren't able to. Um, something that really kind of motivated me is even if I got 100 messages telling me what a horrible person I am or a baby killer or whatever, the ones that inspired me and kept me going were the, hey, I just sent this to my friends and they read it and they didn't even realize that there was another side to the story. Or, hey, you taught me something new today. Or I was able to share this on my page and I see all my friends share it. Or even something as simple as my friend who I had met in middle school, they texted me and said, hey, my entire sorority is sharing your infographic. Like everyone's learning something new. And it was just so exciting to see that the right information was getting out there. And even though we were getting all these threats, there was something positive that came out of it. And somebody somewhere was learning the right facts. As content creators in this space, each of you have shared very significant and sombering challenges, not just challenging the things you're sharing, but harassment, harassment and bullying. With that being said, with all those challenges you've been facing, each of you have remained so motivated, so inspired, and you've in turn inspired an entire community. What would you define as your biggest success in your work? Something that is just so exciting that you've been able to accomplish. Jess, let's start with you. So one of the things about Callaback Girls is when we started, we were really one of a kind that these infographic accounts just didn't exist back in July when we started. There were amazing influencers out there like Isabella and Noah, and there were just no accounts posting infographics. It was just people leaving comments on walls and going into arguments all day long, and it really wasn't going anywhere. And now when you log on to Instagram and you look at who we're following or within our network, there's at least a few dozen of these accounts that are really working and creating their own accounts. And it's not just us out there that we now have this whole community of people creating this information out there that we're not the only ones and that we've inspired all of these accounts to follow suit. And some of them are even more successful than we are. And we remember them when they first started and we wish them luck. And now we're all on the same page and we're all fighting the same fight. And it was just so exciting to be in that community and watching them grow. That's amazing. Isabella, what would you say is, is a big success in your digital activism that you're really proud of? That's a hard question because it's hard to measure impact. Um, two things come to mind. And, you know, would you wish you like to talk? So I'm going to give them both. So please forgive me. Um, the first one was one that was really recent um, with the escalation that just happened. Um, I decided to host a Zoom for Jewish people, young, old to let out some steam, to learn about our identity, to be empowered ideologically. I thought it was going to be an Israel Advocacy 101. I had no idea what the, was getting into. It was the first Zoom I hosted. I had I had just gotten more followers. I was like, I'm getting so many messages. Why not everyone together? It was the most powerful um, event I have ever intended, attended, and it was on Zoom. There were students who were crying, adults who were crying, and it was when the tensions were very high. I know um, there was this 14-year-old girl who, who who lost her best friend because she called her uh, a Nazi, and she's the, the granddaughter of actual Holocaust survivors. And it made everything so real. And yes, we learned about our Jewish identity, but everybody felt supported. And you know, as Jews, we're not that many, so our strength is truly in our unity. And it was a moment of Jewish pride, resilience, and it wasn't like a 
like we were all sad for ourselves at Pity Party. No, it was very empowering. And there was this wave of empowerment and Jewish pride. And to me, that was extremely impactful. Um, and it was fantastic. That was recent. And that uh, was an event I'll never forget. Uh, it was truly amazing everyone who shared their stories. But there's other. There's one more event that wasn't so recent. It was um, a debate I did with Mohammed Albana. He is from Gaza. And um, I met him on TikTok. And he would share my stories and I would share his and the ones that we agreed with, the ones that we want peace. And he has a community of a, a huge community of pro-Palestinian activists and um, just in general, he speaks a lot about Islam. And we were able to get on a debate together and it wasn't, it didn't end up becoming a debate. It was a conversation. And we really met um, and had this common ground. And to me, that was extremely impactful because I had people from his following who would message me saying, oh, what hair products do you use? And it truly humanized Jews and Israelis. So I guess these both, both of these examples show um, that there's hope. One, that Jews are empowered. And two, that when we are empowered and we know our story, we are able to create these bridges and we're able to build. You know, we might ha not have the answer to peace right away, but we could connect and um, show the humanity in Israelis and in Jews and truly find common ground. So those are two examples where I thought were um, had impact and I'm happy to have been a part of it and to have led it. Tremendous, really, really tremendous. Noah, as an accomplished musician, an amazing rapper, and a very dedicated activist, what would you say are some of your biggest successes? I think that for me, a lot, a lot. It's also kind of hard to so for me to think about like how to measure success. Um, I think every time I release a song, to a certain extent, it's it's a success because it's sharing a piece of me and my opinion with the world, and adding to that, you know, humanization of Jewish people and of the nation, of the people of Israel. And also, I think that performance has like a great, you know, effect on, on like, or is a great way that I define success. So I was able to perform at APAC um, right before COVID-19 uh, really began, began spreading. And um, I was able to perform actually with Jukebox, who is, you know, an amazing acapella group from the Washington, D.C. area. And being able to take my song Diaspora and uh, put it into, you know, a completely like live form in front of a bunch of other people from all different walks of life, even from all sorts of different countries who were all at an event to uh, love Israel um, and to show, you know, our connection to Israel was really powerful. And I think that honestly, the most impactful, successful, like the most satisfied I feel um, has been something in the past couple of years that I've been doing a lot of, which is uh, performing and also doing workshops and talks for different youth groups. And something that we always do is, you know, we'll record, we'll listen to my song, analyze it a little bit, Usually it's diaspora. And afterwards, you know, these groups will break off into different like breakout rooms or, um, or smaller groups and actually write their own verses for diaspora. And it's sort of like, imagine that you're featured on this song. What would you have to say about your connection to Israel? And it's really cool because you get to see a lot of people who throw in their story uh, into the mix. And for me, it's just seeing a bunch of people who maybe even aren't, a lot of them aren't necessarily like hip hop artists, but be able to step out of their comfort zone and find a creative way to express and even just experiment with a creative way to express their love for Israel is really empowering for me. Um, and it's also really cool just to hear what they come up with. And, and honestly, it, le it leaves me inspired every time because I'll have like 15 minutes to write a verse and it'll be so powerful and it'll show how like there's this collective narrative of the Jewish people that includes a lot of different and diverse aspects and it can all be like connected and, and wrapped up uh, into one song. And for me, hearing those is honestly 
we've been like the most satisfied I've felt uh, and shown that like, wow, I can actually be successful in helping spread a message and also uh, successful in gaining inspiration from my sisters and brothers. I just want to say, Noah, you never miss his tone and his just his his voice is so powerful. I listened to your songs on the way to work, especially when those tensions were high and you released a new song. It was right on time where when everybody needed to hear it, I showed it to my friends. And Noah's diaspora is the Jewish diaspora anthem. And he's being so humble. But I will say, like, I have got just by sharing your songs, I've had people message me. This is so amazing. Wow. Uh, like or like the lie, like Bad Yehud. And um, it makes Israel and the Jewish story or activism, advocacy, not nerdy and cool. So that's why I think, Noah, like it's super inspiring and I love it. I have to say it. Sorry. Thank you. Each of you in, in your work really saw a niche and you saw it fill that niche. And it has been especially valuable for students and other members of, of the Jewish community and the pro-Israel community around the world. And this year has shown us so many different challenges from the pandemic to increased anti-Semitism. But in celebrating your successes, it's the most empowering thing and it reminds us to continue doing what we're doing. Over the past year at Stanford, us educated and engaged over 170,000 students college campuses all around the world. And that's just from our campus work. At over 250 universities, our student leaders stood and continue to stand proudly in Israel and combat anti-Semitism wherever they see it. Whether it's from BDS campaigns, anti-Semitic professors, hate symbols, or vandalism on campus, Stand With Us has been able to support these leaders by providing them with resources, support, action in every step of the way. And your work is only continuing that mission of empowering, inspiring, engaging, and educating the next generation of student leaders, as all of you are. For the thousands of students that are tuning in all around the world, how can they follow in your footsteps? What's some advice that you'd give them or how, how they can start in their own activism journeys? Noah, what do you think? So I think first and foremost, it's it's really important to recognize that, you know, it's your footsteps that are pushing the whole group forward. Um, so I think that already, like the fact that you're part of this movement is inspirational and gives, you know, all of us what, what, the inspiration that we need uh, to continue and do the work that we do. It's honestly the messages and the infographics and the stories that I've seen people post and share with me that gave me the inspiration to write the last song that I wrote uh, and released when all the tensions were really high. So I think that's something that's really important to recognize. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and I think the second part of that is really just find your passion. Like right here, we have like Jess with the Chalabat girls. It's really revolutionary. It's revolutionary. We revolutionized the way uh, that we share information and talk about our identity and culture uh, in this age of social media where uh, so many people from all around the world can be accessed. And Isabella with, you know, all the different work you do and especially I think like the constant like Instagram live and conversations uh, that you have across various platforms, it really provides the opportunity, like you said, to humanize um, people and humanize our culture and, and really build bridges where they wouldn't have been before, even just based on like human experience instead of uh, just numbers and propaganda that we see. And for me, I, I find that, you know, through music, that's where I find my inspiration and my 
uh, skill to be able to share uh, my story and my culture. And I think that that just goes to show that there are so many different ways and different passions uh, that people have. And if you ask me five years ago, if a huge part of my music would necessarily be related to this aspect of my identity, um, I wouldn't say no, because I think that I've always shared my identity in my music. I've never hid from it. And I've always been honest about telling my story. Uh, and I also wouldn't necessarily have expected it just because of the way that, you know, being a part of this community in general has impacted my story. So I think that there's always a way um, to pursue your passion and leave it open to be honest and, and actually put your own, put yourself, put your own story into that passion to share it with the world. Isabella, with your activism and everything you've accomplished, what advice would you give for the students tuning in and how they could follow in your footsteps and pursue their own journeys in activism? So I think that as Jews, we need to come together as a collective. And the only way to combat anti-Semitism is to be proud Jews and to be united in our fight. And we as a people have so many strengths and different strengths. People are more artistic. People want to be more behind the scenes. And all four of us here on this panel are using our strengths to combat anti-Semitism and to be proud Jews. And I love this quote by Barry Weiss. She said it in one of her speeches, Jews are not here to be anti-anti-Semites. We're here to be Jews. Um, she probably said it a little bit differently. I maybe butchered it. But the point is we're here to be proud Jews. So whatever way we can articulate this narrative and this story and the Jewish story from a Jewish perspective, we have to do it. And Jess is amazing at translating important information and facts. Noah is a great storyteller through his music. I want to one day use my law degree to do um, to help the Jewish people. And Hillel Neuer and Itzana Darshan Leitner are people who inspire me in, in, in their paths. And I think if we use our strengths and we use it in creative ways, if you're a doctor to create you know, programs between Israel and your faculty or, or whatever it is. There are so many ways and be creative about it. You will never have to do something that you don't want to do and you shouldn't. So find what you love and channel your Jewish pride and find a way to do it. And I think there are so many ways. Noah and Isabella, those are great recommendations. Jess, for you, with your truly unique platform, that's actually a group of activists. What do you think is the best piece of advice you could give to those tuning in want to be able to do the same thing, who want to be able to be active in the social media space and educate their peers. Absolutely. So similar to what Noah and Isabella both said is really find what you love to do. The beauty about Chalabat Girls is when we started, I was just the graphic designer. I didn't do any of the research. I didn't do any of the information. And then I saw a topic that I really was passionate about. And now I do 50% of the information you see out there is me doing the research. And I had never thought that was something I would love to do. But the marketing and the graphic design and the research all came hand in hand. And it was able to just create this beautiful outcome. But a specific piece of advice that I have is before you start whatever project you're about to embark on or conversation you're about to engage in, write why you're doing what you're doing, write what you love about your activism or a story or a memory, just write what inspires you the most because I've been advocating online for almost a year and I've been advocating on campus for a few years and it is exhausting and there are moments where I just want to walk away from it all, but I just open up that notebook I have and I look at why I'm doing what I'm doing and it just re-inspires me and reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing and I see what it accomplishes and it's just something that I can physically hold on to and see, like, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm doing. This is the impact that I'm making. Wow. 
Thank you, Jess, Isabella, and Noah for joining us and for leading this important conversation. I feel tremendously inspired, and I know our viewers feel the same in knowing that you are not just the leaders of tomorrow, you're the leaders of today. You are truly leading our community in such an important way, and students and activists around the world are tuning in and have taken so much from what you shared. I know I've done the same. We applaud your work. We encourage you to keep doing what you're doing and at Stand With Us, we're standing with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you and thank you for all that you do and I love that way to end, it's so cute. Thank you for joining Stand With Us TV and this installment of our Campus Frontline series. We invite you to continue engaging with our work. If you'd like to support our efforts, you can do so by visiting standwithus.com slash donate. Be sure to tune in to the next Stand With Us TV show. In the meantime, lahit raot. See you soon.